0: latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your yeah. host, Scott Goldbranson
1: and Mo Welcome back to Silver and Black. Today, a show we talk about some football team that wears silver and black. I forgot what their name is. No, the Las Vegas Raiders, of course. Back with you, Scott Goldbranson, along with my partner, Mo Moten. He's a senior NFL writer at Bleacher Report. Oh, by the way, follow him on x.com, at Mo Moten. Mo, I got, you know how many messages I got from people when you went on your dark retreat, we're like, is Mo okay? Yeah, he, ha- he hasn't tweeted in like five days. Is, is everything okay? And and it all comes from a good place. I'm not making fun of the concern, but people were reaching out and saying, is, is he all right? Is he okay? Because because you're out there and people interact with you. You We interact with people all the time. And so I said, no, he's fine. He's just taking some time away. He's, he's decompressing. You know, it's been a long football season. They all are. And we have a very short period of time where we don't have football which is like two weeks after the Super Bowl, not even really a week after the Super Bowl, and then we get June, right? <laughs> That's pretty much it without a ton of stuff going on uh, in in the league. So just just know people care about you, Mo, and they were concerned. They thought maybe you had some bad cheesecake, you know? They they weren't really sure what had happened, but uh, everybody was 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 uh, checking in on you, which is which is nice. So, but you could follow him there at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-U-N. Go ahead, Mo.
2: Yeah, I, I've been, I would say, very short on on social media lately. Usually at this time, between the Super Bowl and, I would say, the Combine, I use the word decompress, and I use that, that word with a lot of my inner circle friends that sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times after the season, I just kind of decompress, mm-hmm. and I just kind of step away. Mm-hmm. I do some studying, less talking, more studying, because... You know, I'll be transparent here. I'm not watching every collegiate prospect during the NFL season <laughs> because I'm an NFL guy. Right? I'm mostly an NFL guy. So I do watch college games during the season, but I'm not watching every snap of of BYU. Correct. You know, yeah. and BYU has got a tackle coming out in this year's draft. There is may look at, you know, who knows? But I, I'm not watching every game of the college football season. So I have some catching up to do after the NFL season's over and when it comes to the combine when it comes to who the raiders may draft a lot of people put out these mock drafts and they have no idea what direction the raiders are going in and they have no idea who these collegiate prospects are they just put up certain prospects because that prospect's name is popular i don't like to do that I, i like to have my own opinion based on what i've seen based on what i've studied based on what i know about the raiders and i like to have my own type of mock drafts and who the raiders should look at it's not following along with the herd of what everyone else is saying so when my mock drafts come out they may not look like everyone else's i don't have a mock draft out yet for that reason because i'm still studying Mm -hmm. and trying to get the best idea of what the raiders could do so i can give my readers and my audience the best informed opinions that I have. Again, I'm not in the Raiders' room, so I don't know what they're going to do, mm. but these are just educated opinions.
1: Correct. And that's that's the thing, too. And everybody has them. And to me, that's, I, like you, I mean, during the college season, especially, I try to focus on things that I think will be relevant. Now that I'm working at not obviously I'm covering the, the entire league as well, even though I focus a lot on the Raiders. So so I I tend to pay more attention, but I tend to pay more attention to positions I know the Raiders are going to need. So I, I spent a lot of time this year the only college players I really spent a lot of time watching were quarterbacks and, and cornerbacks, so defensive backs. Um, I should have paid more attention to the interior defensive linemen, but we, that's why we bring on guests, too, that are experts in that because we don't have to be. They can be, right? So we'll have – hoping to get Chrissy back on uh, next week after the combine to give her, uh, her thoughts on the quarterbacks and how they performed. We do know Caleb Williams not throwing and also Jaden Daniels not throwing. And for those of you who say, well, uh, Caleb Williams not throwing, oh, see, no. Dude, you're the first pick. You have nothing to yeah. prove. If you're the first pick, all you can do is hurt yourself. So it makes no sense. Even though Caleb Williams no longer has an agent, he's smart. He he is the first pick. So guess what? I don't have to do crap. He's gonna show, he's gonna do his interviews, he'll be there. We'll go to his press conference. So I'll I'll tell you what I thought of him, but but that's it. So so we'll see what happens there. But but Mo, just know you were missed. Uh, so make sure you follow him up on X, follow me at LV gully. The show is SMB today. I do appreciate the concern though. Of course. People love you. They, they love you. They're, they're, they're buying their mintown Mo sweatshirts. They're having a good time. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you that th- you were talking about it too, this time of the year, the conversations, people it, it, like, I don't do mock drafts. I've never done mock drafts. I know you do. <laughs> it as part of your, your job at, uh, at Bleacher Report covering them. And that's part of the reason it's like, I kind of gi- will give you my opinions on what I think will happen, but like, I just, I don't have the, I don't have the, I think knowledge, nor do I have um, uh, the, the idea of to go through a whole drive. I respect people like you who do it because it takes, people don't realize, even though it's just a guess, educated guess it takes a lot of work. I've been doing these position breakdowns for, for teams in the combine, like, hey, if you're a Cowboys fan, Cowboys need a center right? It's actually the best center draft in like 25 years, by the way, but they need a center. I don't know anything about centers. So it takes time to research, right? You and I don't do these quick hit stories usually. So we're, we're, we're spending time on researching it. So you do those position breakdowns, you start to do it. So to do a draft, people complain like, well, you don't know anything. You're doing a mock draft. That's ridiculous. It's like P websites, like where you work Mo at bleacher report or, or where I work at sports, not, we wouldn't do them if people didn't read them. So hmm. so there are people who don't like them totally cool like I had no problem with that people you you that's a great thing about the way the internet now is with football is you find what you want you're a film junkie you're in that small audience of people who are really into film junkie there's great stuff out there great stuff even in ra- you know in the raiderdom there's great content co- creators who do stuff like tape don't lie those guys they do great stuff like that is of interest to certain people so anyway but we're going to focus on what we focus on here as the raiders get ready for the combine um and we talked about it earlier that deals are made here the the comments too we'll get back to some antonio pier we talked about the chiefs comments before the break but the other comments that he had this week mo cons- were concerning well not even comments but they, there was a couple stories that that came out Tony Pauline had another story about the Raiders and that maybe Tom Telesco and 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 AP were not on the same page with quarterbacks that Pierce was leaning towards Aiden O'Connell and that Telesco wants a big name but then you have reports where Pierce says hey if we got to be aggressive we got to go get a quarterback Pierce also said he wanted to bring in more quarterbacks to compete and that Aiden O'Connell would have a chance to compete for the starting job so you kind of have to look at those things people get get upset because they see conflicting reports to pay depending on people's sources and whatnot. The way I look at it this way Mo is the fact that if you look at what all of them have said, they want to get better. They want to create competition, how that nets out. Could that be drafting a guy in the first round? Yes. Could that be signing a free agent like Gardner Minshew, or even though I don't think they should Russell Wilson? Yes. Could it be, uh, they go get another veteran like a Jacoby Brissett? Yes. I know. Not exciting. Uh, or could they draft a guy in the second, third round again and bring them in to compete? All of those things could be true. When you look at those reports and you think about the Raiders, we don't know what their plan is. We do know that they need to bring in, I think, at least two more quarterbacks, veterans, rookies, whatever, to compete with, with Aiden O'Connell, uh, and, and that is how you get better. We know the Raiders need a more dynamic playmaking quarterback.
2: So it seems like Jimmy Garoppolo on his way out. Jimmy Garoppolo, the league, will suspend Jimmy Garoppolo for two games for a PD suspension. Reyes can recoup some money on his contract, likely because of that. Jimmy Garoppolo likely out of the door. Brian Hoyer is 58 years old. So we know that <laughs> the, the, the quarterback room is going to look different. And it may have, it may have two new names to replace Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoy, respectively. So I, I agree with you. I think the Raiders are going to draft a quarterback, and is it possibly they get a veteran quarterback who knows Luke Getz's system? I think I advocated for this before Luke Getz was hired, that you always want a, a veteran quarterback who knows the system, who can kind of teach the system to the younger guys if you're going to have younger quarterbacks around. Aiden O'Connell doesn't have a full year of playing experience yet. Assuming the Raiders draft a rookie quarterback, those guys could learn from a veteran who's been around the league and seen a lot of football, seen a lot of coverages, how to read coverages. So it, it, it's beneficial to have a veteran quarterback like that on the roster, preferably one that could play if necessary. <laughs> uh, so I, I think it, you're right. I, I think when it's all said and done, you're going to have two new quarterbacks to replace Hoyer and Garoppolo. And on top of that, you want that quarterback to be able to compete with Aiden O'Connell for the backup role, or maybe the starting job, depending on what the Raiders do in the draft. But with the quarterback position right now, I think, as I said in the in the first segment with Luke Getzey, I think he's going to want. So I think the two additions mentioned, uh, possibly Jacoby Brissett, is an option. Mobile, not not you know not Lamar Jackson or anything, but a little more mobile, and a little more athletic, and he's been known to do well as a fill in spot starter. So I think he could compete with Aiden O'Connell. And then if if your rookie is drafted in the first round back end or even the second round and he's not ready yet. He can learn from Jacoby Brissett and even Angel True. O'Connell since you know, he has yeah. the playing experience. And I think right. that's, that's the ideal situation. One thing I will say, though, about the rumors about the quarterback position. I'll go pivot in Antonio Pierce's interview. Ryan Clark directly asked him, you're sitting at 13. You're probably not in a great spot to get a top quarterback prospect. May Daniels and Caleb Williams will likely be gone. And Antonio Pierce kind of interjected and said, well, certain things have a price. So he didn't rule out trading up. He, he kind of said, well, if, if anal count is what you would call the worst case scenario, we'll roll with him and see what he looks like after a full off season of getting starting reps. But he, he didn't close the door on trading up for a quarterback and he didn't close the door on adding one through free agency.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, and again, I know it seems, and, and I'm there with everybody, the prevailing thought on this one, the Luke Getze, when Luke Getze came over, we kind of said, well, there goes Justin Fields. Don't necessarily count it out either. I mean, there, you don't know what could happen there also. And I know people are going to blast me. And, I, and I'm, again, we talk about this, Mo, you put your opinion <laughs> out. You put your opinion out there. And, 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 and when you don't put your opinion, you're safe. But when you put it out there, people call you crazy. But I'm just saying I made in my bold predictions on New Year's Day that the Raiders would bring Jameis Winston in the camp. I, <laughs> I'm just saying I know the turnovers scare the hell out of everybody and they should. But as a veteran there, you just never know. So. I just want to get everybody fired up there. So we'll see how. (laughs) But one of the things, too, that we look at the combine and I talked to you and we talked about the draft in the first segment was around, hey, if they don't go quarterback in the first round. Right. Which to me would be a bummer. But if they don't and they can't, you know, they're not going to they're not going to do something crazy and trade away everybody in the world to get a quarterback. I get that. So if they can't move up and it's too competitive. And they got to stick at 13, or they can move up a couple spots, or move down a couple spots, and address other needs. You talked about the offensive line, huge, huge. But if they don't get their quote-unquote franchise guy quarterback, I think that they they can still get good offensive linemen in the in the second round, and they might be able to make some moves to get another second-round pick. So I look at the cornerback class, and I say to myself, boy, if if I can get up and get one of these top cornerbacks, Mo. Um, then I'm going to do this, and let me let me bring up the story I did here if I can if I can get so if I can get if I can get um, one of these quarterbacks. So I did a story on five cornerbacks that the Raiders that Raiders fans should watch at the combine, and some of these names, of course, uh, one of which you you named, of course, but you have Cooper DeJean DeJean from Iowa, you have uh, Nate Wiggins from Clemson, who seems to be very very popular. Kool Aid McKinstry, best name ever. Uh, Alabama, of course, there's two Alabama guys. Uh, I, and you have Kamari Lasseter. I didn't have your guy on this list, by the way, Mo. Uh, but Quinion Mitchell, another guy that just did amazing at the at the uh, Senior Bowl, is a guy that I really like and I think fits in well with the Raiders and their system and their attitude, by the way. But you look at this, Mo, and you start to think, well, if the Raiders don't go quarterback and they're able to do something uh, uh, different when it comes to uh, the first round, then offensive lineman cornerbacks but you look at this class well I look at I look at those top five guys including your guy from Alabama six guys and I think boy I think all of them now the chances that all of them are just you know all pro type guys in their first year of course not going to happen but I look at all six of those guys and I think they're difference makers and I look at the Raiders defense here's my logic so poke holes in it my logic is this defense isn't far right You look at what Jack Jones did. You add another, a young cornerback there, bring in another veteran for depth, whatever you got to do. You're pretty okay at safety. You might address that too. Then you're going to address the defensive line interior also in the draft and free agency. Um, I think the defense is so close to being more dominant than where the offense is at that um, I would go there. Tell me me why offensive line there instead of cornerback with this class specifically – with these guys who I think are all elite players. I'll reiterate
2: reiterate my point from earlier. If you listen to Tony to Antonio Pierce talk, he wants to build a bully. Mm-hmm. And the way you you don't do that by adding a cornerback. Now you can have a physical cornerback who can help in the run game, and and that plays into the mentality of we're gonna be a physical football team from the front line to the back end. But typically, if you want to build a strong Contender if you if you hear Luke Getty, we want, want to be a strong, confident team. You hear Antonio Pierce, we want to we want to be physical. You do that in the trenches. You don't do that through the secondary. So that and, and the Raiders again have three offensive linemen who are set to become free agents. Mm-hmm. Three of them. They have more depth at cornerback in the defensive backfield than they do on the offensive line. Again, you're going to lose three guys who were primary stars along along that offensive line. And I don't think they're going to bring two of, of the three back. I can see Jermaine Luminar coming back. I don't see Andre James or Greg Van Roten, who's a little older. Greg, Roten, Not that Greg Van was horrible, but he's 33, 34 years old. Yeah. So even if you bring Greg Van Roten back, you're still going to draft an interior offensive line because he's 33, 34 years old. So I, I think I strongly, while I I wouldn't poo poo or say, oh, this is a bummer. They drafted a, a top quarterback prospect. I'm not against it. But what I'm saying is, your bigger need to me is across is across the offensive line. And if you're addressing by need, I know people like to say BPA, BPA, best player available, but roster need does factor into BPA. Absolutely. And and in my opinion, the offensive line is a bigger need for the Raiders right now.
1: Yeah, no, I, and I, I think that's good. I, I and I look at I look at the top prospects on offensive line, and and the guy I think the only guy that would be there if you look at the top five when it comes to tackles, particularly, like you're saying, I think probably Latham is the guy that's there. Now, unless a team loves him, and he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Latham, Mims, some of those guys. So the, the, the SEC guys, of course, Latham is Alabama. Mims is Georgia. Um, and so, yeah, it would be a hard decision. I just look at the, uh, the AFC West, though, too. To your point, you're right. We talked about it earlier. Build in the trenches. He wants to be a physical football team. But you're also going to be in a, in, in a division where – if Denver can address, we don't know if they can, if they address the quarterback position and and Sean Payton, knowing we know about him, then suddenly that that division with the quarterbacks and the offenses you have in that division, you need to be cognizant of that too. But of course, like you said, uh, if, if you're going to score, and if you're going to build an offense, then you have to have those guys up front. When you look at that offense, wh- who are you going to watch? Because like I said, I mean, you look at Fuaga, you look at Fashnu, Alt, Gaiden, those guys are all going to be gone by the time the raiders pick at 13 if they don't move up or if they if they stay where they're at um who else do you look at a tackle besides those two guys that i talked about with latham and mims um i mean to me latham is the guy if the raiders go that way and he's there six sick he's a monster of a man so putting him on the other side of colton miller to me makes a lot of sense uh who else pokes out at you
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: So a lot of, I, I I've heard some pushback on Latham because he's from Alabama and the Raiders whiffed on Alex Leatherwood. Can, can we stop the helmet scouting? Uh, we we have to, we have, yeah, we have to stop the helmet scouting. Yes. But I, I will say the guy that I'm looking at is, is Guy out of, out of Oklahoma. Uh, I okay. I think that he had a strong senior bowl. A lot of BR, our BR guys, well, my BR colleagues were out there at the senior bowl and guyton stood out. Mm-hmm. And the one question about Guyton was can he anchor? And he did well in that area at the scene during the senior bowl practices. So I think he's gonna fly up boards. He was considered a I, I wasn't considered a top 10 pick, but could be now that he's gaining some steam. Yeah. I think that's a guy that the Raiders were at. Uh Rosen-Garten, Rosengarten is another guy yeah. that could be on the Raiders radar as a day two prospect. But I will also say this that the offensive tackle class is not going to be that strong in free agency. You're going to have Trent mm-hmm. Brown, Michael Wendt, who I talked about in a previous show, available. Uh, if the, and offensive Typically, solid or high-end offensive tackles aren't available in free agency. So typically, if you need an offensive tackle, you're going to address that through the draft. So I think with the Raiders, they may get an offensive tackle, but he may be a borderline starter. And that's why I think they address off t- offensive tackle first, if it's not cornerback in the first round. And I mentioned two guys today, just now, Guyton and Rosengarten. I think those are the two guys you look at, Guyton in the first round, Rosengarten, on day two. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I will also say that there are some guys, and my BR folks have said this and from the scouting department, that there are going to be some tackles who are going to be considered guards. Yeah. you know, There's always a top offensive team uh, scouts of question, is he a tackle, is he a guard? Teams may move him inside. They feel like he translates better as a guard. Just something to note, because if the Raiders draft a guy – And he's listed as a tackle, and he has some versatility at guard. I think that's valuable because now if you bring back Jermaine Illuminar, you can kind of interchange those two guys and whoever fits best at guard and tackle going forward.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting you bring up Guyton because he's so small at 6'7". (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this guy is a mountain of a man. That's, that's why that's why I like Latham, too. I mean, he's 6'6". He's only an inch shorter. These are big dudes. Guyton interests me, too, Mo, because of uh, – I did watch some tape on him, actually, that you mentioned it now after the Senior Bowl, which is he is a monster in pass protection. So think about it this way. If if you don't get that quarterback in the first round and you're uncertain and they, we, we don't know what they're going to do in free agency. Free agency comes before the draft, remember. So the Raiders may address the quarterback position in free agency or via a trade. So we'll see. It could change a lot of things. But to me, if they go into the season and they go get a Jacoby Brissett and somebody else and Aiden O'Connell with O'Connell being mobily challenged, (laughs) I don't want to criticize him because people will hate on me, but mobily challenged. (laughs) He's not functionally Mo M O E bull. Okay. So, to me that that points out wow between him and Miller from a pass protection perspective if you're going to have a quarterback that doesn't exactly have wheels back there a guy like Guyton man I mean I think he can come in instantly and be good I know it's the NFL but I think he can be good he's not that he's not good in the run either but from a pass protection perspective he might be the best guy in the draft if you look at it I mean overall and so so that might be something to keep an eye on as well Here's the other thing and I
2: and I don't want to get on my soapbox about this but I I see mock drafts where and i get it not everyone is into the schematics of building a football team but if you know or if you if you have the idea that the raiders could run a lot of outside zone runs yes you don't necessarily need a mauler so a lot of people like to say this guy is not you, Scott, but a lot of people say, oh, this guy is 6'7", 350 pounds. You need a people mover. With outside zone runs, you necessarily don't need a, a mauler. Yeah. You need a guy who's going to be able to get to a spot and block an area, not necessarily gap, gap block. And I think there people need to understand there's a difference between the two schematics and you need yeah. the, the best fit. So if you're looking at collegiate prospects, I would look at guys who are better as zone blocking guys versus, mm-hmm. not to say that you don't need a mauler, but I think the The Raiders are going to go after a guy who's more athletic, kind of like Colton Miller type. When Colton Miller came out of UCLA, wasn't known as a molar, was no more of his athletic uh, tackle. And I think that's what the Raiders are going to look for in this this year's draft.
1: But that's the thing with Latham and Guyton, both huge men, okay? But But both incredibly mobile. They can move. They're very athletic. And I think that's why when you see a guy that big who has that kind of footwork who can move – like you said in the zone blocking scheme that's like wow i mean and, and guyton i depending to your point he's rising up charts so he might end up but the raiders depending what happens again it's all just guesses but they could even move down and get a guy like that and, and pick up another second round pick or something depending on what's going on so those are all kind of things we got to watch on there. it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch all of it for sure as we move forward with that as well, uh, but I, I, I look at the Raiders at the combine, and and I'm going to see what what they really focus in on. You'll get, like I said, we'll get some hints. They're very protective too. They're not going to they're not going to let too much information out. Uh, but we'll be there uh, amongst all all of the throngs of of media folks to figure it all out. But it's going to be an interesting week. We'll at least have some news and some idea of what's going on with the Raiders here too. And uh, I'm just interested to be in the hallways. Not only at the convention center in the stadium when the workouts are happening, but then after hours in the restaurants when you get to talk to some people and maybe hear a little bit of this and that, and then we'll bring it all to you. Um, but it's it's going to be fun, and we'll be there all for Mo. What do you got going this week too uh, for for the combine for Raiders content when it comes to Sports Knot and for Bleacher Report.
2: Well, shout out to everybody who joined my Bleach Report live on Monday where I talked about five prospects the Raiders should look at going into the Combine. This week, I will have a Combine column over at Not talking about five guys that the Raiders should look at. Maybe some guys that I mentioned in Monday's live, maybe mm. repeated in writing just for the people who didn't catch the show. Uh, and then I'll I'll kind of mellow out and continue to study and continue to look at offensive tackles, cornerbacks obviously the quarterback position is paramount but i also look at interior offensive linemen i also look at some linebackers some running backs because luke Etsy ran a lot of personnel with two running backs on the field i also look at tight ends use multiple tight ends in chicago so those are running back a tight end although they're not top needs i think the raiders are going to address both positions on day two or day three in the draft, just to kind of fill the, not the back end of the roster, but guys who could be in rotation for the offense.
1: Very nice. Make sure you follow Mo on x.com at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, and get that Bleacher Report app so you can watch him live because he doesn't like to be lonely. You yeah, yeah, yeah. know, keep, keep him company on there as well as read his content up there. Of course, sportsnot.com. Uh, we 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 always retweet all this stuff, too, so make sure you're up there as well. Mo, one thing, too, real quick before we check out uh, for this episode uh, of Silver and Black today, early this week, is the Raiders, you know, we haven't heard uh, any, any information on franchise tags. You know, the Josh Jacobs things we talked about that last episode last week, um, but there hasn't been any movement there. They don't have to do anything yet. They could start to do it last week. Um, but we haven't heard anything. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the scuttlebutt is in Indianapolis around that. We are seeing a lot of teams and a lot of other journalists from around the league talking about Josh Jacobs being a fit for their team, whether it was the the Saints, Cowboys. the Cowboys, Cowboys, also the Chargers in the division. So so there's talk going out there. Uh, and, and I think that that's one guy, even though the Raiders have 15 free agents technically, you look at Josh Jacobs, he's at the top of the list, uh, and see what happened. I don't think we're going to see resolution of that anytime soon. Do you? I don't think so either.
2: I didn't expect the, I don't expect the Raiders to franchise tag him. Tashawn Reed, I believe, put out a column over the Athletics saying that the Raiders have not uh, engaged in extension talks with him yet. That doesn't mean that they won't eventually. Right. There's still a lot of time. But I think it's going to come down to price, as it as it does with most of these free agents, uh, impending free agents. What does Josh Jacobs want as far as his contract, and what other the willing to pay him? What is Tom Telesco's number? What is his price range? And from there, I think that's what they'll 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 move on from there. But if Josh Jacobs is resigned, it'll probably happen you know, a few days before agency opens, it could come down to the wire. If he does test the market, it, it could be a, a situation where he wants to see what he can earn and then compare it to what the Raiders are offering before he makes a decision.
1: Yes, absolutely. Now it'll be, it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to say the least a lot of discussion around that. I've had a lot of discussion with listeners who are, are trying to make the point that Josh Jacobs, um, that he should get a longer contract that he doesn't show any, uh, any wear and tear that would mean that he can't play another three years i disagree with that i think you look at the 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 team and excuse me the data around running backs and, and it's not against josh jacobs it's just a fact it's just and i mentioned on the last we had a listener by the way who is an actuary and he was impressed that i actually knew what an actuary was but nonetheless you look at the numbers and it just completely falls off again there's always outliers uh but you look at josh jacobs and his history with injury and stuff like that it's just hard uh it doesn't mean he won't be back like you you had a great piece on Sports Not last week about why he might be back. And and I invite people to go read that as well. But we'll see how it all rolls down. By the way, we uh, will attempt to get another mailbag in next week. I already got a couple calls. I'm waiting for Jacob and Fresno. No, just kidding. Uh, but anyway, we have. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, we're giving you the number down there, 702-900-7869. That's 702 702-900- 900 7869 Uh, make sure tell us where you're calling from your name and leave your message Uh, you know a minute minute and a half is good Uh, try not to leave five minute messages because then it just gets tough and sometimes it gets cut off and I can't get your whole message and then I can't use it so please do that if you really want to mail us email us You can do that at mail at silverandblacktoday.com, but we uh, we love to have you guys on, so make sure you do that. And then uh, also make sure you subscribe to the channel and to the podcast. I forgot to remind everybody at the beginning, wherever you get your audio, look for Silver and Black Today. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit subscribe and that notifications bell and also a thumbs up as well, because that'll make Mo feel really good. That makes us all feel good. Uh, So anyway, but Mo, I will catch up with you again later in the week from Indianapolis. Hopefully have some fun we can talk about and um, maybe even some surprise guests that you may or may not know.
2: Sounds good. I, I look forward to some of the faces that you might see out there. And I know they'll say, where's Mo?" All you have to do is say yes. that he's in a cave somewhere he's on the northeast coast. Yeah,
1: I mean, that bracelet won't let him the anklet won't let him out of the house. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You know those Brayton, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, no. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I already know our good buddy, Jarrett Bailey, will be up there, as well as Antoine Staley, and, of course, Q Myers, my former partner. I have not seen him in a couple years. So, looking forward to to catching up with all those guys and hopefully uh, have them stop by on the show and have some fun. Uh, But we will do that again later in the week on Thursday. Mo, have a great rest one, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, for everybody here at Silver and Black today, including our producer, Mike Robier. you talk about a guy in a cave. No, I'm just kidding. He is uh, (laughs) the guy who keeps it all together. So we appreciate him very much, as well as everybody at Odyssey who brings this show to you. But for Mo, I am Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black today. We'll talk to you from the Combine on Thursday. Take care, everybody.